What's up, everybody? Welcome to a brand new episode of FanDrag Sports Premier League Podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, and Polly Questel. Elliot is uh, roaming around the uh, streets of Tokyo. We'll get a little mobile take from him here in a little bit. But before we get to that, we're going to talk about the Europa League final. Uh, what happened there as United won. Their, that was the last European trophy they needed. So they rounded out. They won it all. It was also the last time that the Europa League actually mattered. Yeah. Until the next time United are in it. Hey, yeah. Um, let's not anger too many people. Um, well, no. The Europa League was a prestigious... It's a pre, It was... It was a very prestigious competition this year. Great teams like Manchester United and Tottenham Hotspur and uh, Rostov all competed for it. Great trophy. Big time trophy. And Rostov. Yeah. Um, So we'll get into that. We'll talk about some news from the Premier League as we got quite a few things to talk about. But let's start things off with the Europa League. And United take a 2-0 win over Ajax at the Friends Arena in Stockholm, Sweden. And uh, Paulie, I mean, I was. Where was this game again? Stockholm. At where? The Friends Arena. Oh, and uh, where are you from? Uh, Gothenburg. So we don't like Stockholm. What country are you from? Sweden. What What game was this played? What country was this game played? Sverige. And where's Latan from? Sverige. And all right. Yeah. I'm just. I'm just. I'm. I'm hoping everybody knows the storylines here. Like Zlatan plays for United. This game was in Sweden. Yeah. Everybody wishes that he yeah. would be able to play, but he couldn't, unfortunately. Dude, if he would have played, I can't even imagine how slow we would have been. <laughs> but at the same time, all right, we'll get there. We'll get yeah. there. Yeah, we'll get there. So, mm-hmm. if anything, I feel like this, it was more a sense of relief than actual joy over winning this. Am I wrong? Uh... Am, I, am I wrong in that assessment? So, you watch this game at home, right? Yes. So, I understand exactly why you feel that way. Because, um, like, Tuesday night, you know, if this, game is, if this game was played Tuesday night, like when I was sitting in my apartment, I would have felt the same way. I went to a bar. The, I went to the same bar that I always go to, which uh, usually, like, it gets a, for, for New York City, it gets a good crowd. Like, if we're playing Everton at 10 a.m. on a Saturday, It'll get a good crowd, 40, 50 people, maybe, maybe, maybe 30 or something. If we're playing Liverpool, it'll fill up, you know, around kickoff time. Mm-hmm. And, and, and even then this bar is famous for, you know, it's, it's famous for everything. Like, they're the United bar. So tons of United fans flock there. They get the back area. Bayern Munich. It, we're also the Bayern Munich bar. So the Bayern Munich fans show up, they get the front area. Barcelona, we're the Barcelona bar, so they get one area also. We're also the West Ham bar, so the West Ham fans are around. We're the Roma bar, so those fans are around. So, like, on a Saturday, like, especially if, like, we're playing Liverpool and uh, we played last year when we played Arsenal, it was the same day as Bayern Munich and Dortmund. So it was packed, but it was it was this. And, and everybody has their section. So, like, maybe one day the United section's packed, so it feels crowded and then you look down on the other end, and it's crowded, but, like, that's the Bayern Munich fans. So, obviously, today, yesterday was the only show in town. And my friend was in from London. He said, let's watch the game together. And I went, look, I know you're a Liverpool fan. I'm going to the United Bar. You're welcome to come. But, like, here's where I'm going, and I ain't leaving. 
And he got there at about 1.40, kickoff was 2.45, and he texted me, said, I'm here. And I went, is it crowded yet? And he went, it's already pretty busy. And I went, he doesn't know. I went, he doesn't know, he's just being whatever. But I went, all right, like I'm gonna cut out of work right now because I work a few blocks away. I'm gonna head over. I walked in at 1.45, an hour before kickoff, and this thing was about as packed as I've ever seen it when it has all those fans there. And that's an hour before kickoff on a Wednesday afternoon. And it only got more full. And in the Bayern Munich section, it's United fans. In the Barcelona section, it's United fans. The whole thing was filled with United fans. And from an hour before kickoff, the atmosphere was insane through the final whistle uh, to the point that my friend who's from London even said when we walked out, he said, I've never been at a bar where so many people were unanimously supporting the same team. Hmm. And so while I understand where you're coming from, because look, we all heard the preview. I predicted this thing to go one, one us to lose on penalties. I just, I didn't think we would be able to play with Ajax's speed and everything. I forgot that Jose Mourinho is the most like pragmatic. Let's just eliminate what they do best and play boring, even though we're so much better than them anyway, manager. If you were at the bar, it felt like we won something and it felt like we won big. I mean, I felt even the, the United supporters at the arena were pretty. I don't know. I felt I felt like the Ajax supporters definitely won the uh, the fan match, so to speak. I mean, I don't, well, you have the you have a whole different slew of things. Of course, there were the events in Manchester that hung a cloud over oh, yeah. this entire of thing. Of course. That they, that hung a cloud over the entire thing. Then you just yeah. All right. So I was at a bar. So. Really, the only thing that, you know, you could, they had the sound pumping in, but the only thing, like, you know, nobody was really paying attention to it other than when Alexi Lawless was just saying absolute garbage, like, like saying Juan Mata hasn't taken control of the game eight minutes into the game and talking about, <laughs> talking about how when they mentioned Sergio Romero's playing and he's, and he's saying, well, you know, David De Gea might be leaving, so Sergio Romero's going to be the, the starting goalkeeper next year. Like, first of all, no. Like, like that's the one thing we know for sure. Sergio Romero is not going to be the starting goalkeeper next year. David De Gea, while everybody believes he's leaving, I still believe he's going to stay. But even if he doesn't stay, there's already a whole list of names that we have to replace him. And that list of names is not, hey, sign for us and be the backup to Sergio Romero. No. Like, <laughs> you sign with us, you're going to be the number one. So like, like Alexi Lawless, like just get a clue. Uh, and that was really the only thing that we listened to the to the commentary about. So, yeah, so if the Ajax fans were the better of the two fan bases, I wouldn't have known that. I'm, okay. I'm going to cede to you on that. Yeah. Yeah, I felt like they, uh, they had some more go in them. Um, but, hey, I, that doesn't really matter because United won the actual game. I mean, I, I felt like that early goal, you know, Pogba, the deflection, that was really helpful. So I think if that deflection doesn't happen, the goalkeeper Onana he'll save it. Um, but that really played into United's hands, and after that they sort of controlled the thing, and then Mkhitaryan scored a nice goal. Um, well, it did, but also like remember, like the first five minutes, United were knocking on the door, and Pogba had a chance about a minute in that he shot wide, mm-hmm. and they were knocking on the door, knocking on the door, and then 
for the next 10 minutes, it was it was all Ajax, yep. which was really what the rest of the game was with Ajax. You know what it was? And I don't think this was a mark against Ajax the way it was, you know, like the way we were defending, we were, we were letting them do what we wanted to let them do. Ajax had all the possession in this game, but they never threatened. They really never threatened. There were a couple of times that it looked like we were lost in our own box, but then someone eventually would make a challenge and clear it out wildly. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's not like – it wasn't like, oh, man, we looked lost in our own box, and then Sergio Romero made this unbelievable save to bail us out. It was like eventually a defender came and made the play. Yeah, they didn't get those great A chances, that's for sure. And, I mean, we were talking about Casper Dolberg before the game. He was very invisible in this one. He got subbed off. And just did not have a very good game, which, I mean, he's 19 years old. So, hey, you can't expect yeah. the world. I, so. at, the, at the other side, I didn't think Rashford had a great game. No. But I also, Marcus Rashford, what was clear to me, was told by Mourinho, like, don't run. Because you, we discussed it before the game. I said, based on the team that played Sunday, you know, we're going to throw Mata on the field. We're going to throw Mkhitaryan on the field. It's like, we're not going to have any pace. And we both said Rashford's going to have to run for all of them. And he wasn't running. He wasn't closing down people. And it was clear Mourinho's told him, just back off. We're going to sit back today. Yeah. And that's what happened. We sat back. We let them have the possession. And it just, it reminded me of last year when United had all the possession and and did nothing with it. Like and, and the commentators would just sit there and go, possession means nothing if you don't do anything with it. Ajax did nothing with it. But in you know, last year when we had all the possession and we didn't do anything with it, I thought that was a mark against us. I thought that was Louis Van Hall just being ridiculously boring and ridiculously over-analyzing things. In terms of Ajax, I just thought we were – wherever they had possession, we were letting them have it. And mm. – they weren't doing anything that we weren't letting them do. But for those 10 minutes between the fifth minute and about the 15th, 16th minute, it was all Ajax. And it was like, wait a minute. That was the moment where your brain was ticking when, when you realized, wait a minute, we haven't really had the ball in their half for about eight, nine minutes after the first amazing five minutes. And it was like, wait, I've seen this before. I've Mm -hmm. seen this movie before. I've seen it plenty of times before. Are we going to pay for this? And, that was when you wondered, like, hey, did we miss our chance here? And then, you know, Pablo gets the ball at the, at the top of the box, and you're just yelling, like, I know it's going to be on your left foot. You're just yelling, shoot. And I said this to the guy at the bar because, you know, you and I come from a hockey background. What do you do? You throw the ball. Like, what do you do in hockey? Throw the puck on net, and something might happen. Yep. And that's Pablo at the ball, top of the box, shoot, and something might happen. Yeah. You know, it's less likely to happen in soccer because, like, you know, offsides and everything, like, you can't just get deflections. But, you know, sometimes that's the best move. Absolutely. And the main thing here was that they won the game. They Sure, they got a trophy, but the biggest thing was securing that Champions League group stage spot. So they go straight into the group stage, being in the uh, reigning Europa League champions now. We go straight into pot two. Like, we, like, just unseated. We, I think we just unseated Tottenham. Like, I think Tottenham, or, or, no, it's it's not that. It's, um, um, I believe if Sevilla and, like, one other team that will get through, or maybe only now one of Sevilla and this other team, if they get through the playoff, which they will, 
then they will drop Tottenham into pot three. Mm. Which is absurd. Like, we just dropped the number two team in the Premier League to the third pot. Yep. So, like, so it'll force them into a group of death. Meanwhile, we're going to get, uh, obviously, we won't get somebody like Leicester, who ended up winning their group anyway, but, like, we can get, I mean, we just have to avoid Juventus or Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Or and Bayern Munich. And Barcelona. No, we, Barcelona can't be in pot one. Oh, they're in pot two? Well, pot one is only champions. So oh, okay, okay, it can okay, only... Okay. Let me see here. And, then, uh, and maybe the Champions League winner. But either way, that's either Real Madrid or, or Juventus. And they both won the league, so... Mm-hmm. So either way, we're avoiding that. So uh, let me look it up quickly because they'll probably already have it on, on, on the Wikipedia. 17 Champions League. Uh, let's see here. So they can get Real Madrid, Bayern Munich, Juventus, Benfica, Shakhtar Donetsk, Monaco, or Spartak Moscow. Yeah, all right. So, like, Benfica's a team that, like, we always play. Uh, Shakhtar Donetsk, obviously not an easy one, but, you know, Monaco... I would Monaco. I would I would totally welcome Monaco because Monaco's not the same team next year. I mean, we'll see. And Mbappe says that he's uh, looking to stay. So mm. family just mm. moved from Paris down to Monaco. So mm. we'll see. We'll see. I would take Spartak Moscow. I yeah. would take Spartak Moscow. I of mean, course. that's a tough trip, but I would. T- it's that's not. A tough it's trip, not but that. It's- Bad. Moscow isn't that uh, bad. Right, no, exactly, exactly. And they and they kind of schedule it so that Moscow plays their home games, like, earlier. Mm-hmm. Like, obviously, Jose Mourinho will complain because he's a bitch. But, um, yeah, like, imagine if we if our, if we open up uh, – we wouldn't open it up. But imagine if we – mid-October, we're going, to, we're going to Moscow. That's not a big deal. No. No, I would go – preference, I would go Moscow, Donetsk, Benfica, Monaco – Juventus by Munich Real Madrid. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I feel like we'd be in pot one too if it weren't for that rule. If it weren't for the rule that like you have to be a champion to be in pot one. I mean, I, I that's a good rule though. I kind of if you're a it champion, is a good rule except for the fact like. I, I just remember that a couple years ago where like city got drawn into a group. It was four champions. Yeah. So like, yeah, it is. A good, it is a good rule. Cause it, it rewards you for winning your league. And like we said, we, we discussed it last year when it came to Leicester and it was like, Oh, they're going to go to the champions league and then they're going to get killed. And it was like, no, actually by winning the league, mm-hmm. they're actually going to have a pretty easy path to the group stage or to the knockout rounds in the champions. league. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, you can still end up with, um, you know, a couple more league champions in your group from smaller countries. You know, FC Copenhagen comes to mind. Um, right. But it's still not one of the bigger ones from from one of the big four, so to speak. So, um, yeah, it will be interesting. Uh, it definitely gives them a uh, nice little advantage going into the summer here. We've already spoken about Antoine Griezmann. And I saw today that uh, let's see if I can get that. List I mean, that's up. the joke. That's my joke here. Is, yeah. 
I mean, we spent 90 million pounds on a player to win us the Europa League. What will we spend on somebody to win us the Champions League? Mm, yes. Although, honestly, I mean, it doesn't really matter how much they spend. I don't think they'll win the Champions League next season. Oh, God, no. So. God. Well, and I mean, that's... But like, here, all right, so, so here's the thing. And we haven't even discussed the actual gameplay of this, of this yet, but... Um, Let's let's discuss this. I read an article today, and it was it was just about like imagine if United make the Champions League final. Like the way Jose Mourinho is shaping this team, imagine if United make the Champions League final not in 2018 and 2019. Mm-hmm. So not next season, the season after that. And it's like how many players on this team would would you think are going to be in the starting eleven? Yeah. And it was like oh maybe five or something. And it was like this team just has too many average players. And I think that gets away from how you want to build a team, and it, it definitely gets away. Like, it definitely gets away from the Manchester United way, mm-hmm. because like people here in America, they think United. They associate the United. They associate United with those early two thousand Yankees, with where they'll just sign everybody, and you don't want to do that. Like think about the team. That we had the last time we were in the, not the last time we were in the Champions League final, but the last time we were in the, we won the Champions League, where, like, okay, so Rooney really good, but, like, Rooney was really good, but we bought Rooney when he was 18, and we didn't buy him, to win this year, like, or or next year, we bought Rooney, Ruth Van Nistelrooy left because Sir Alex Ferguson couldn't convince him that Rooney and Ronaldo were going to take us to the next level, and you just needed to give them a few years which turned out to be completely true. Uh, Ronaldo was tremendous. We bought him when he was 17. He didn't deliver immediate promise. Like, Giggs, at that point, wasn't an everyday player. He was old. He wasn't... He was still really good. He wasn't world-class. Mm-hmm. Skulls was still really good. Couldn't play every week. Um, Carrick, at that point, was like a, a good central midfielder. Like... You, we paid 16 million pounds for him, and that was a fair price. And if like we would have sold him that year, we would have sold him for anywhere between 15 and 20 million. You know, like Owen Hargreaves played like one year for us and was a good player that we probably overpaid for. In ter- and even like even if Owen even if Owen Hargreaves gave us four good years the way he gave us like that one year that he actually played. Yeah, that's a fair price, but he wasn't anything special. He was just perfect for the situation. Like that team also played Anderson a lot. That team played Darren Fletcher a lot. That team played um, like Ji Sung Park. Like, would you think Ji Sung Park is an unbelievable player? No, no but like he he played a role. And, oh yeah, he was you know, a like, perfect role player. He played a role. So so you look at the United team now, and people are going to be like, oh. Well, they have too many not good players, and it's like, well, who would you, who would you get rid of other than the defenders? Because Jesse Lingard, yeah, he's not an amazing player, but he plays a role. When mm-hmm. you ask him to do something, he does it. Like Juan Mata is an amazing player. We spent a lot of money on him, and it was totally justified. Henrik Mkhitaryan is an amazing player. Anthony Martial, we didn't buy him. We didn't buy Anthony Martial to win us the league this year or next year or win us the Champions League next year. Mm-hmm. Like, he, we bought him when he was 19 to, to win us things when he was 22 and 23 and 24. 
So people are right now being like, well, Mourinho needs to buy, 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 buy. Like, no, Jose Mourinho still, like, Ander Herrera is almost perfect for what you want to do. If you want to play Ander Herrera as the guy that runs around, but as the guy that runs around and chases everybody down, but knows to sit back when Pogba gets forward, you only need two, two central midfielders. Like, he's perfect for that. But instead, Jose Mourinho insists on playing Marouane Fellaini, yeah. who is absolutely useless. So you do that, and it's if, if you're going to keep playing Fellaini, it doesn't matter who you buy because you're still making your team worse. But you don't need to buy, 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 buy. You, you need to have patience. Like Rashford will probably develop into a really good striker. Martial, we know, will develop into somebody really good. You're just breaking his confidence, but like yeah, again, he, he wasn't. Needs, he needs some more matches. He, but again, like he wasn't bought to win us things last year, and he wasn't bought to win us things this year. Like, like remember, like Ronaldo was was bought in 2003, and we didn't win the league until 2006. Like Rooney came around, we didn't win the league immediately. You know, like, and and that first year that we did win the league, where Rooney was a starter, like, it wasn't it wasn't on Rooney or Ronaldo's back. Like, no, Skulls tripped chipped in, Solskjaer tripped in, uh, Saha chipped in, Henrik Larsson chipped in. It was a bunch of guys, and then they were ready to take over. So, like, you have to be patient. And I feel like if you if you're gonna go and buy all these players, you're going to you're you're almost gonna do more harm than good because. It's going to take – now you're going to need a couple more months to gel everybody and, and get everybody in there. Yeah. Well, I think the the one thing with Martial was his price, of course. Right, And yeah. then the fact that he was sort of forced to play a lot that first season. Well, he played his way into the team. He did what Rashford did. Um, yeah, but he played 49 games his first season. Well, yeah, but don't forget, like – we bought him. He was uh, he was on the bench his first game. It was just like, oh, we bought that kid. And Louis Van Hall was quick to say, like, I didn't buy him for me. I bought him for the next manager. And it was like, no, you bought him because we didn't get anybody in the transfer window and you panic bought him. Yeah. Like, at the last second. And then he brings him on against Liverpool. He makes Martin Skirtle look stupid. Yep. And scores that goal. And it's like, everybody wants to see him the next game. So you play him the next game, he scores again. And he scored again. So we played really well, and then it was like, and I think Rooney got hurt. Yeah, I mean he was more or less forced to play. Um, right, but at first he he started off on fire. Then Rooney gets hurt, and now he's forced to play. And then it became like, okay, now he has to play every week. But we discussed it last year when the show first started. When mm-hmm. this show first started, we discussed Martial's playing too much, yeah. and we and we and we also said, who are you going to play instead of Martial? And we were like, I don't know. That's the problem. No, you I mean, know, I, I want to see more of the youngsters get a shot, a fair chance in this team. And I think it's going to be difficult with Mourinho as the manager, unfortunately, because he he, li- he likes to buy the finished product a lot. But So we'll see here. But there was a story today from Sky Sports that had um, three center backs that were on United shortlist. You had uh, Michael Keane, who you know was a former academy player. So they sold him to Burnley two and a half years ago for two million pounds. He play, I'm pretty sure he started Van Gaal's first game. I mean that that Keen, could that could be another Keen, one of those where you pay a lot to get someone back. 
I am convinced in like when all of a, when we line up for the opening kickoff in August, we will have spent 120 million pounds hmm. on players that graduated from our academy. Oof. Uh, the other name was Virgil Van Dyke from uh, Southampton, and then he's not the, leaving. I think the asking price there was at least 50 million yeah, pounds, he's not yeah, and then a... and then Victor Lindelof again from uh, Benfica. Yeah, so. go ahead and get him. I mean, that's like if if you want to spend a lot of money on like on the rest of the team, it's to me it's simple. It's you go out and get a center back to play against to play next to Bay mm-hmm. as first choice. Uh, you keep either Smalling or Jones around. Yeah, you you can fine, you can keep both of them. Yeah, if one of them wants to leave, you can let them leave. Yeah. Um, and and then go and get a left back because and simply because Luke Shaw's unreliable. Yeah, and Mourinho doesn't seem to like him either. Right. Well, he likes Marcos Rojo also, but like you know, keep Smalling well, and Jones. You have Marcos Rojo. You have Daily Blind who could play anywhere. Yeah. Because I do think it's it's imperative to have that John O'Shea player who mm-hmm. you could who you could throw anywhere. Like yeah. you know, he he was on the bench every game in the Sir Alex era, and he just no matter what he came on. Yeah, and before we that, winning, before that, you had Phil Neville, right? Like, but like, yeah, like, and John O'Shea would just come on. We were up three 0 Okay, John O'Shea comes on. Like, just give somebody a break, and he'll fill in wherever, wherever you can, and and this helps keep the players fresh. So, so it does that. So, like that, that could be daily blend. Uh, but otherwise, you know, you have Martial, you have Mickey Tarian, you have Lingard, who's going to play a role. You have Mata. You have, you have Rashford. You have. You're probably going to have Zlatan, and you're probably going to have another big name forward. You have Pogba. You have Ander Herrera. You're probably giving another contract to Michael Carrick. They should, yes, but the, which the, they're probably going to. The thing that so, baffles me, though, is that, like we've touched upon so many times, is Fellaini and Marcus Rojo. That's that's well, I Marcus Rojo has his moments. That I can understand why the manager will be like, okay, we'll keep him. It's it's Fellaini. It's if you're going to play Fellaini and you're going if you're going to play Fellaini, you can't complain about anybody else not being up to snuff. Yeah. This is this is like what again, like I'm gonna shift it back to hockey, like where uh for the Rangers, Elaine Vigneault used to bench forwards and he said, Well, they weren't productive enough and like would would quote like Corsi numbers and all this stuff. And it was like, Well, you still play Tanner Glass. And you, you hold all the forwards to one standard, and then you hold Tanner Glass to a different standard. Yeah, because he brings Mourinho. that grit. <laughs> right, but that's Mourinho. It's like you hold everybody to one standard. Yeah. You hold everybody to – oh, my God. Right. Uh, you hold everybody to one standard, and then you hold Marilyn Fellaini to a different standard, and the team will never be good. The team will never compete in Europe or the Premier League if Marilyn Fellaini is playing – even playing games against Stoke. Mm-hmm. Because that is what tripped us up. Yep. No, I totally agree. I don't think he should be anywhere near this team. And if you want to get a, like you said, you could play just with the two, with Herrera and Pogba. Have you her- should. I mean, yeah. ultimately, you should. Come up with a formation, whether it's a whether it's a diamond midfield, which I don't think is utilized enough mm-hmm. if it's done properly, or whether it's a 4-1-3-2. You know, like, ultimately... When it comes down to it, if you're playing Stoke or Everton or anybody at home, really, that's not Arsenal, Tottenham, 
you know, Chelsea, Liverpool. Like, there's just no reason to have two holding midfielders. You know, like, you're, there's no reason to play with two number sixes. Play it with a number six and a number eight. And play with a number nine and then play with either a number 10 or, like, a false nine kind of guy. You know, like, you could play, especially if you do Griezmann and Zlatan, like, or Griezmann and Rashford, like, have you could play two forwards where one of them drops in and acts as a fifth midfielder at times. Yeah, that's absolutely. okay. Yep. There's nothing wrong with having a guy who plays sometimes as a striker and and at times when you need to, he drops in as a fifth midfielder. There's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that. And managers these days are just like, nah, we need we need that creative midfielder in the middle, which ultimately ends up stunting the team because you end up with a bunch of creative guys. And no finishers. Yeah. No, I and I think that Rashford can become a, you know, if not a world class, but he'll definitely be right under under in that. I guess we got to call Harry Kane world class at this point, but sort no, of no, 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 no. I still go with the I still go with the uh, Sir Alex Ferguson definition of world class, okay. and it's. It's the, it's, are you better than like literally everybody in the world? And right now when you're talking forwards, it's, it's Messi, it's Ronaldo, it's Lewandowski and that's it. And, and maybe Aubameyang. Mm-hmm. This is like the, this is like the NFL quarterback. Like, are they elite thing? Like you can't have, like, is this guy an elite quarterback? Like you can't extend the list to 12. Because at the old, at the very end of it, like Tom Brady is significantly better than the twelfth best guy. Yeah. Okay. Even let's... if the twelfth best guy is really good, mm-hmm. you know the number one guy is significantly better. So you need to put him in a different class. Okay. So he'll be a at least a high class Premier League player who I think will hit you know twenty anywhere between twenty to twenty five goals on a consistent basis. Absolutely. So it, it's just going to take some time, and I think Mar- Martial also has that potential to get up to that 20 goal mark he does but my one issue with martial is jose doesn't seem to see him as a striker Mm -hmm. he brought him on yesterday and then he goes to the left wing he 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 put lingard down the middle yeah one last thing before we leave manchester united uh wayne rooney says that he's more or less decided his future uh but says he will take a few weeks here to finalize his plans paulie do you think he's out wayne rooney oh he's out yeah he's out do you think oh, it will so be out. back to Everton then, or do you think he'll go abroad? Ultimately, I think he's going back to Everton. It's a matter of where he's going to play and how much he's going to play. And he did he did hint at it because, look, Sir Alex Ferguson was right. His future's in midfield, and he hinted at it too. He, he hinted that I'm going to go to a place where the manager is receptive to me playing midfield. Because that is where his future is. He needs to have time on the ball. He's really good at having time, like having time on the ball and spraying a pass around and making a late run into the box. He's not as good anymore as running onto balls and taking on defenders. Yeah, I mean, so, I, I would love to see him stay and be a central midfielder. I mean, he would. That's what he is. You play him next to a holding with, like you know, you play him next to. What I mean, him and Kara, him, and, him and Kara could be your Plan B option. Right, and I and ulti- I just ultimately I don't think he stays at United because 
Jose doesn't see him that way, and and you're. I don't think Fellaini goes anywhere, and as long as Fellaini's around, Jose is going to be tempted to play him because he loves him. Like you for you forget that when they played in Louis Van Hal's first year, uh, or even last, like you know, every time they played, Jose had somebody man marking Fellaini the entire game. Like he 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 deems Fellaini that much of a threat. I don't understand that. I just no, don't. I don't under, I don't understand it either. But he loves him, so I think the allure of Fellaini, like, say we brought in Eric Dyer, like Eric Dyer should be playing every game. So should Pogba. So even if so, now you have Carrick, who you know you can count on, and you have under Herrera. Like, when will Rooney play? Yep. So and I am Rooney smart enough. Like, so Jose is never going to play Rooney as a central midfielder. He was so adamant about that, and you can't tell Jose that he's wrong about something. No, that is very true. So, and that's why we're going to keep seeing Fellaini t- until he leaves the club. But when, that's also uh, when Mourinho know, leaves and, the club, Fellaini will leave the club. Well, that's we thought that. There's three people in the world that like Fellaini. They just happen to be our last three managers. So, like we thought that, like oh, we've been all come in, and we knew it. Fellaini was set to leave the club, and then he he scored that goal in that friendly against like Fenner uh, against somebody like that. They had that game at Old Trafford. Like, just a rare preseason friendly at Old Trafford. Fellaini scored in injury time to win it. And everybody's like, oh, that's his first and last goal for the club because he's going to get sold. And then he hurt his knee in training, and he stays with the team. Yeah. And then Van Hall loved him, and now Jose loves him. So, uh, I mean, that's the problem. It's like, my you also, Jose is Jose, and he's, he's an asshole. And there was nothing more peak Jose than at the trophy ceremony – Jose telling all the players, hey, make sure you hold up three fingers because we won three trophies this year. Like, let me, like, don't forget that community shield. You know? Like, because one day I have to, I'm going to have to look back on this and be like, I'm so good. I won three trophies in one year with United. Yeah. And look, oh, look all the tr- all the players, you know, three, they were holding up threes. Yes. Go to hell. Yeah. He was very, he made sure that they were doing that. Um, so we'll move on from Manchester United there. We got some more news on the manager front. Uh, Sam Allardyce left Crystal Palace. Brilliant move. Brilliant move. Uh, seemingly quitting football management. He says... No, 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 no. Well, no, 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 no. he said he had no ambition to take another job in football. No, 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 no. He was going to travel and spend created... time with family. Yeah, yeah, for for five months now. He'll do that for five months. <laughs> You can only travel and spend so much time with your family. Sam Howard has just created himself a brand. He is the get-out-of-relegation brand. And some team next year is going to be desperate to get out of relegation, and they and he's going to be – and they'll call his representatives, and he's going to be like, you're going to pay me a fortune, and I'll get you out of relegation. And it's going to be like this every year. As long as he succeeds. How long was his freaking contract at Crystal Palace? He signed a multi-year deal, right? Uh, I believe so, yeah. Yeah. You don't oh, and you think you think in when when did he sign? He signed six months ago and he had a very non tumultuous six months. Like there was pretty much no pressure, there was no scandal. He literally came in, he said to everybody, This is gonna take time. Don't expect me to win right away. I sat here and said, Look, he ain't gonna win right away, he's gonna win later, he'll win in March, he'll win in April. And that's exactly what happened. And no one put any pressure on him. He couldn't have had an easier time. 
yeah, at Crystal Palace. Let's see, he signed a two and a half year deal. And he couldn't have had an easier time at Crystal Palace when he was there. Yeah. You know, no one was hacking at him. Oh, you didn't win right away. You didn't do this. He won. You know, he goes into the last three weeks of the season knowing he's safe. And now he's like, oh, I have no desire to manage football anymore. Get out of here. Get out of here. You will. He will be managed. Probably Newcastle. He'll be managing them by January. Ooh. Oh, we'll see. We'll see. I think he did a couple of good uh, buys there, though. They got Jeffrey Sloop, Patrick Van Anholt, and Luka Milojevic. Those were good signings, and he spent either way. Like, spent about thirty mil on those. So. I just I I can't believe that someone could have just such a a clean sailing job for six months and be like, oh, I'm done with this shit. Yeah, he was. He was, on, he was on the job for 24 games, nine wins, three draws, and 12 losses. Get out of here. So, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, I don't know if he'll go back to Newcastle, though. That didn't end well. He managed Newcastle before? Mm-hmm. Between uh, May of 2007 and January 2008. Interesting. 24 games, 8 wins, 6 draws, 10 losses. So, uh, yeah. We'll see what happens with Big Sam. Enjoy your vacation. That's all I gotta say for now. Um, Gary Monk resigned as Leeds United manager. That's uh, one name that might pop up. Now, when we got a couple of openings. Yep. So, that, that will be interesting. He's been linked with the, both the Middlesbrough job and the Sunderland job. I don't know if I would take either one of those. So, I would hold out for a Premier League team. That's true. He did well at Swansea when he was there. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, Monk, interesting name, for sure. Um, Marco Silva quits Hull City. Not shocking. No. But this is a man who should be uh, heading for bigger and better things. Very promising. Yes. Took over a uh, team in a bad spot. You know, didn't work out in the end, but... I, uh, yeah, we'll see. I mean, if he doesn't, if he doesn't get another job in the Premier League, I think he'll get a a pretty good job somewhere else um, in Europe. Like a, you know, maybe not a top three team in Spain, but maybe right underneath. Who knows? Who knows? Who's taking over Barcelona? By the way, do we know that yet? Arsene Wenger. <laughs> oh yeah, that would be something, huh? Uh-huh. Yeah, they say all signs point to Ernesto Valverde. All signs point to North London. Mm. Yeah, Manchester City, they're releasing four players of note. That's Gail Clichy, Bakary Sagna. Come on, dude, we're doing news here. Like... Jesus Navas and Vili Caballero. Do you see We're doing any... news. We're doing yeah. news here. Do you see any? Do you see any of these four staying in the Premier League? Um, Caballero, yes. 
because any like any mid table to bottom table club will sign him. Mm-hmm. Um, Sagna probably, but like everybody else, go back to your home country. <laughs> not, I'm not saying that in a derogatory way. Like I'm saying, like you know, like if you're Jesus Navas, why would you sign on to play for uh, like West Ham when you can like sign on to play? to play for somebody in Spain where yeah. you'll be more comfortable and more appreciated maybe. Yeah. Yeah. West Ham closing in on Pablo Sabaleta apparently, but uh, Slava Village wants to add game changers to his West Ham squad. And Good luck. Uh, he wants to push for the top six next season. Good luck. Uh, one thing that I thought was pretty interesting here, though, was that they're interested in signing uh, Kelechi and Acho. It would, yeah, it would, is. it would be interesting to see what he could do as a starting player. But he's the, like, it's the same thing. Like, he should be a, he should be a starter for whoever he's playing for. You know, he won't be that man C though. He's like number three. I think even right. if, even if they proven... se- even if they sell Aguero, I still think they're going to bring in someone else to be the number two. Yeah, yes. Which, but again, like kind of, you know, like I, just, he should. Yeah, I would like to see him go somewhere where he could start, and hopefully, he felt like he follows that dream. I don't know how uh, if he wants to play next to Andy Carroll, though. I don't know either. I do know that we should get to the FA Cup. Okay, let's get to the FA Cup then. Saturday, Arsenal, Chelsea, Wembley Stadium. Elliot. And Elliot. Yeah, we'll get his mobile take in here. I was going to say live from Tokyo, but it's not live. It's pre-recorded from Tokyo. So here you go. Hello, this is Elliot recording from the streets of Tokyo in Shinjuku, to be specific. Um... <laughs> I'm going to touch on Arsenal in the FA Cup final, although our uh, lone Japanese player, Takuma Asano, has not exactly saved our team this season, but maybe in the future. In any case, um, I mean, I, I will support Arsenal until the end. You know, the old saying that you can change your spouse even, but you can't change your club holds true. But nonetheless, I, I, don't, I don't see any way through to lifting the FA Cup for Arsenal this weekend. Um, even, even were we at, you know, full strength, then beating this Chelsea team in the form, the championship form that they've had is a huge ask to, to begin with. Uh, but we're, we're far from full strength. And even, even in the last few weeks with the success that we like Chelsea have had moving to a back three, Still, Arsenal have looked shaky in defense. Still, Arsenal have allowed other teams of, it has to be said, lesser quality than Conte's Chelsea to create chances and have relied on riding their luck and you know some fantastic saves by Petr Cech to stay level. And I, I don't see that happening. I mean, with going into this weekend, we're without Koscielny due to suspension from his... Just, moment of madness challenge in the last match of the Premier League season. 
We are out without Shkodran Mustafi because he's out with a concussion. There's a chance he might be cleared to play, but he hasn't even trained in over a week. And realistically, it's just, it, I don't see him fitting into the team. Gibbs is a question with, uh, I think it's a thigh problem, uh, which has kind of been a lingering injury for him. So, I mean, this is going to be far from a full-strength Arsenal back three, and even though I've really liked what I've seen from Rob Holding, and I think that he has hopefully a bright and long-standing Arsenal career ahead of him, nonetheless, I just, I don't. I don't see Arsenal being able to keep Chelsea out. The only chance they have is if, again, having to ride their luck a bit, um, they're able to get a few goals, right? Because if Arsenal have any chance of winning the FA Cup, I I think they need to score at least three goals because I don't see us holding Chelsea... I, I don't see us keeping a clean sheet, first of all, and I don't believe that we even really have a good chance of holding them to just one goal. So... If Arsenal win, then they're going to somehow need to get three past a Chelsea defense that has been fantastic and stingy throughout the season, and a Chelsea defense that also is no longer beholden to giving John Terry his swan song. So I, I'll i be supporting Arsenal at the weekend. In fact, the ramen place where I, today I had <laughs> sat next to a couple who were wearing matching, old brand, matching brand new Arsenal kits, and I gave them the thumbs up, but my prediction is, unfortunately, the thumbs down. I think Chelsea are going to lift the trophy probably 2-0, maybe 2-1, and again, if by some miracle Arsenal can get three goals, then they've got a chance, but that, for me, is the bare minimum. All right, I'll talk to you guys again next week. Uh, hopefully, by then, I'll have a place where we can actually record and have a proper conversation. Uh, Until then, have a good one and enjoy the FA Cup final. And that was Elias thought about the FA Cup final. He didn't seem too confident there. Hey, Paulie. No, and I don't, I don't completely disagree with him except for one thing. I mean, he gave, he gave Arsenal no chance. And I, I think he is, underestimating one aspect and that is Mesut Ozil and Alexis Sanchez's desire for Arsene Wenger to leave. And all the rumors all the ru- all the rumors out there are that if Wenger wins the FA Cup, he will he will leave Arsenal because he'll leave on a high and he'll walk away on his own because rumors have it that uh, he has a deal on like on the table and you know if they want him to leave that badly they will go all out to win this this FA Cup Hmm. I can see that and I think that would be a smart move by Wenger too if they do win this just leave just say thank you here's one last trophy I'm out of here well it's not just one last trophy it's I leave you once again winning more like the club will have well, have won more FA Cups than any team in England. Yes. Yeah, they currently so sit it's, tied it's with like, United on 12, right? Right. It's like Sir Alex, who left, and he's like, oh, I left you winning more league titles than anybody else. And it's like, yeah, but, like, we're only one above Liverpool, or we're two above Liverpool now. But, you know, Liverpool can, ca- can catch us awfully quickly. Uh, Wenger would be like, well, I'm waving you. You won more FA Cups than anything. He very much values the FA Cup. He respects it. He wants to win it, and if, if you know, don't underestimate.
underestimate Sanchez and Ozil's desire to see him leave. And unless they want him to stay, that then, you know, but yeah, when Elliot broke the game down, yeah, it's hard to see why Arsenal will win this game. Yeah. No, I, I totally agree. Everything is pointing towards Chelsea doing the double. Chelsea seem, whenever they win the league, they seem to win the FA Cup too. Mm-hmm. Am I wrong about that? Uh, probably, but I know no, they've they've they did it. They've doubled it up before. I know that. I maybe only one other time. Maybe like twenty ten. Yeah. I feel like twenty ten was when they did it, and then they they definitely did it once under Jose. Hmm. Yeah, let's get a scoring prediction in for the FA Cup. Why not? We should say that you won too. So, congrats. We should say what? That you won. I did win. Yeah. I did. I did. So, congrats to that. Uh, scoring prediction for the FA Cup final, Polly. Uh, I'll go 3-1 to Chelsea. Oh, okay. Well, I'm piggybacking right off of you because that's what I was going to say. And, um, yeah, we'll see what happens there. But, hey, if Arsenal can squeeze it out, Wenger leaves, I think a lot of people will be happy. I know Paulie will be sad. Yeah, no, we're rooting for Chelsea because if the reports are true that if he, if Arsenal win, then he's going to leave, then, oh, we are Team Chelsea <laughs> all the way. <laughs> okay, let's round things off with our final thoughts here. Uh, England, you know, Gareth Southgate picked his 25-man group. That's going to play here against Scotland and France. And no, oh. no Wayne Rooney. And I don't understand why he needs to defend that. He picked Harry Kane. You actually, he you picked, actually just had my final thought. Okay, well, cool. Then we can both talk about this. He, he picked Harry Kane, Marcus Rashford, Jamie Vardy, and Jermaine Defoe. Kane is going to be your starter. Rashford and Vardy can come in off the bench. Defoe is just happy to be there. And he can play in the friendly against France. So you're looking at it the wrong way because you have to look back to a year ago and to what Rooney just said and what we already spoke about on the show. He deems himself as a central midfielder. Yes. Gareth Southgate deals, himself as a, deals with him as a central midfielder. Uh, Roy Hodgson dealt with him as a central midfielder. Louis Van Hal said, you're a central midfielder. So, yeah, no matter what, Kane was going to be there. Rashford, Vardy. England only played play with one forward anyway, so you don't really need Defoe, but I understand why he's there. You know, like, if you're upset that Rooney's not there, like, are you going to be upset if he's still, like, wouldn't you be upset? Because there are people upset that, that he's not in the team and, like, Kieran Trippier is, or that the fact they took four goalkeepers. Wouldn't you be upset that Rooney's starting over Deli Alley or, or, um, or Eric Dyer or, you know, Lalana? Who I deem I deem a lot of completely average player, and yet I I would be upset if Rooney started over Adam Milana if I'm mm-hmm. an England supporter. Yeah. You know, like name me a name me a central a central midfielder on England who you wouldn't be upset if Rooney started over him. No, that's true. So and I think that's sort of cause Southgate he went out and you know covered all his bases. Really, he had him both as a midfielder and a forward. 
He was like, like he's dropped he was him like, from the team before. Yeah, he was like, well, in midfield, you know, Deli Ali's played well, Lalana played well. And then he was like, and up front, you know, Kane's played well, Rashford, blah, blah, blah. So, but I don't think that he needs to go out and defend that decision anymore. He essentially, I mean, him and Jose Mourinho walked in the same situation when they took their jobs. Is is you walked in, you inherited a guy who's been a staple for the team. The all-time, both of them, like, he was on the brink of becoming the, all, the all-time winning scorer for both their teams. Mm-hmm. And they, they really didn't have much of a choice here. Like, you know, he said, I want to stay on. I want to go to Russia. So Southgate... You know, like you're the interim manager, you're the interim manager. Now you became the permanent manager. What? And I, I, I criticized it at the time. I said he had the ability to come in and say, "Look, you're not our captain anymore, and if we need you, we're going to call on you. But if we, if we don't, we're not going to." Instead, he said, "You're still our captain." But eventually, he just went, "Look, you may be the captain, but there's no room for you on the team." And Jose Mourinho came in there and said we're going to play you because you're the captain. And he gave him six, seven games to prove that he didn't belong. And then he just, so Rooney goes out there and Rooney knew it. And so Rooney was, was able to go to a press conference and say, you know, like I'm playing at Manchester United and you can't start every game. Like you need to, you know, you need to bring it every game and I'm not bringing it every game. And no one, like, you know, I need to fight for my place every game. And right now I'm not earning a place in the team. He gets dropped by Mourinho. He never regained his place back. Arguably, he never deserved to regain his place back. <laughs> and the same thing happened with England. Yep. I mean, it's it is what it is. He's getting older. He's getting slower. And if they can't nail down a a good spot for him too, and he doesn't play for his club, why should he be a give me in the England team? But even that, like, like what's he gonna bring as a sub? Like, yep. like you're you're bringing him on as a as a midfielder, like, is he your attacking midfielder? No. Is he your, is he going to change the game by running all over the field and making tackles and, and spring passes? Probably not. Is he going to change? Is he the guy that you bring on to shore up the defense? Definitely not. No. So, I mean, like, yeah, like eventually Paul Scholes played that role. Uh, I'll say this. Eventually, like Paul Scholes played that role where he was like a holding midfielder. It's true. Alex Ferguson used to bring him on in a, you know, in a 2-0 game, but, like, he'd still pick up a yellow card every time. Like, his tackling was still suspect at best. Is that what you is that what you want in an international, like, with the World Cup on the line? Nope. I mean, it's sad to say, but he's over the hill, and he has been for some time now. He's been, he's been that way for, like, a year, which is, I mean... If you like, let's let's extrapolate things. Like when you look at, if you like, because everybody's like, oh, he's only thirty-one. But like, if you look at an American sport, you know, where someone comes in at the age of twenty or twenty-one, like that's when they're a rookie and they break in and they play 15, 15 years. They're now thirty-five, thirty-six. Rooney came in at at sixteen, so fifteen years later, he's thirty-one. You know, it's it's the same thing. Like, just because you broke in at 16 doesn't mean that the the clock doesn't start ticking on the other end. You know, just because you played, you came in at 16 doesn't mean you could play for 25 years. It just means, it means you know you're gonna get older. You're gonna hit that. You're gonna hit that wall at a younger age. Yep. 
That is true. That is true. With that, we'll say goodbye for this time. As always, give us a follow on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren, Polly's P. Questel, WFAN. Elliot is Keats was better and give FanRex Sports a follow as well. We'll talk to you again after the weekend when we'll know who's the FA Cup champion and then we'll do our little preview for the Champions League final. Oh, that, that does happen next yeah. week. Yeah. And, and we're going to talk a little bit about the under-20s, the World Cup. Josh Sargent. Yeah. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Until then, have a good one. Bye-bye. Thank <laughs> you.